On the Jacob Beer Show today, I'm so happy to have on State Auditor Tara Klutz. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so before we get into questions, um, for some of the people who may not know who you are, um, people who are just getting into politics, younger kids my age, uh, just a quick overview of the job of State Auditor and um, how you ended up getting involved in politics. Um, well, that. There's a lot of great stuff to unpack there. Um, so you've invited the state auditor to be a part of your podcast and people are like, what is going on? Well, uh, I will just let you know, the state auditor doesn't audit. So um, you're not gonna get any tips from me to stay out of the limelight of being audited, whether you're a government official or you're just a regular taxpayer. Because I um, am the state auditor which is the chief financial officer for the state of Indiana. So my title from 200 years ago formed because I get to pay all the state's bills. And so the governor submits his invoices, the attorney general, the courts, um, the, the department of transportation, all the state agencies submit their bills to my office to be paid. And so I audit them back in the day. That's what that meant before I pay them. And I do audit them before I pay them. But now we think of auditor and we kind of think of state board of accounts and financial statement audits. And, and that is not what I do. In fact, the state board of accounts audits me um, and they audit our financial statements. And so I like to set the, just, um, the record straight on what the state auditor for Indiana does. And so I also get to, to pay 30,000 state employees. We do the payroll for the entire state of Indiana. Um, another thing we get to do is do all the accounting and reporting. I mentioned financial statements. So we um, create all the financial statements for Indiana. Um, another thing we get to do is distribute revenue to local units of government. So a lot of counties have adopted local income tax. That's collected at the state level um, with the Indiana Department of Revenue. So that flows through my office and we pass that out to all 92 county auditors who then take it and pass it out to the cities and towns um, within their counties. We also distribute excise tax. Um, that's where you go and get register your license or your car. Um, those funds also flow to local, local units. Um, gas tax is distributed by the state to local units of government. So there's lots of revenues. Gambling revenue, um, alcohol revenue comes through our office and we distribute it to local units. And so um, it's a great opportunity to um, as the uh, a CPA in the office, I'm the first CPA to hold the office, and I love this job. I um, have it because um, I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I had went to school for accounting and then got a job at PricewaterhouseCoopers, and then my husband wanted to go to law school. He's a little, a little younger than me, and there were no law schools in town, and so I started looking for a different job that would get me um, to be able to pick up the kids to uh, from daycare and drop them off. And so he had volunteered in politics. He started um, collecting signatures for a Senate race uh, in 1998, um, the, the race, and it was us, yes, us, um, a US Senate race. And, um, and so he had made some connections. And so the county clerk um, in Allen County was running for county auditor and the chief deputy auditor was running at the time. So the county clerk said, I'm gonna hire a CPA as my chief deputy. And so we had lunch. They knew that I was 
um, a CPA because my husband was working as the executive director for the Republican Party up there. And so it was like a weird connection. And so she won. I started working for her. And so I didn't know that auditing meant that kind of auditing, kind of like I, you don't think the state auditor <laughs> the CFO for the state. So when I started at the county level, I learned that the county auditor is the CFO for the county. So they do the payroll for the county. They pay all the bills for the county, um, which I knew how to do um, with my accounting degree. And so it was really a great opportunity to just get in and learn government. I love to problem solve and government is a lot of problems to solve. Some happen to them, some they do to themselves. And so, you know, just try to weed through that. Um, and then, oh my goodness. So I didn't know my boss was gonna be term limited. She ran um, twice and then she was done. And then I ran for county auditor in Allen County in 2010 and 2014 and was going to just um, not work because my husband by now was working as a part at a partner at a law firm in Fort Wayne. And then the crazy 2016 election happened where our governor, Pence, was pulled to the White House. And then he had picked Governor Holcomb, or um, it was Lieutenant Governor Holcomb at the time. Um, he had decided, or he was picked to fill the ticket, and he picked Suzanne Crouch, who was the state auditor, to be Lieutenant Governor. And so when they won, it created a vacancy um, in this office, state auditor. So. Um, the summer of 16, um, different things had just started happening and um, from different people saying I should consider the state auditor's position, which I always saw it as very political. And so I really wasn't that interested in it and I didn't want to move. Um, and, but <clears throat> I, I felt I'm a Christian and I just felt like you needed to be open to different opportunities, even if it's not something that you're really thinking about. And so um, in my um, daily devotions, I was getting just some vibes about God. Like you can plan your plans, but the Lord's gonna direct your steps and different things. I think the one in Isaiah was really what said, okay, you know, just maybe you should just be uh, thinking about things that come your way, you know, don't just necessarily turn them down. Um, and then another thing, I took my management team in Allen County. Um, I had 23 people that I managed and um, I had four top executives. So we went and did a strength finder, like a let's find our strengths, let's find our weaknesses, let's see how we can work together well. And it kind of dawned on me that all of us are, are very unique and we all have different skills and abilities. And mine was like kind of like this top, it was the top left. Um, side and we all kind of balanced each other out and I realized that you know God gave me certain gifts um, and I just need to be available to use them so with that said I said the next time something comes up I will I won't I will just be I'll just pray about it or something and so um, two days after the election when we actually knew there was going to be a vacancy in the state auditor's office okay I get a call from the actual state auditor who is the state examiner of the state board of accounts, like the guy who really audits us. Um, and he audits all local governments and he audits all colleges. And so, but his title is state examiner. His name is Paul Joyce. And he said, hey, Tara, you should consider putting your name in for state auditor because the governor was gonna be able to appoint the person to be state auditor for two years to take Suzanne Crouch's remaining two 
years left on her term. And so I said, oh, thanks, but no thanks, you know, and I like stopped the conversation and it was an email and, you know, I was, and then didn't think anything of it. And I was, after I hit send, I was like, oh, I was going to be more, you know, open to what, you know, God possibly had in store. And so he replied back that Suzanne Crouch really wanted to go get her. And I said, okay, let me, let me just talk to my family tonight and we'll see what's going on. So I picked up my daughter. She was in eighth grade and uh, middle school girl drama. You never know. So I said, Hey, how do you feel about moving to Indy? And she said, yes, I'd like to move right now. Like, today. I don't care if I ever go back to the school. So <laughs> she came back. Uh, she, she was ready to move to Indianapolis. And then, so then I asked my husband, I mean, so both of us would have to leave our jobs and come down to Indy. And we both were going to take pay cuts because the Allen County auditor made more than the state auditor at the time. <laughs> and so I asked him later that night, she, my youngest could not be around because she has him wrapped around her finger. And he thought about it for a whole minute. And because he had worked in politics, he knew what a great opportunity this would be. And so he said, yes, let's do it. So all that means is that I, I decided to put my resume in and I had to check, did it through the Next Level website. Um, Governor Holcomb had a transition website called Next Level. And you, had, you could check a box for what job you were interested in. Um, but since the state auditor is not normally an appointment, I had to check the other box and write wow. state auditor. And I submitted my resume. And the rest is history. I ended up Here you are now running for a second term. That's right. That's right. I'm running for my second and last term. Um, it's been amazing. I try to remember that story because it keeps me going. Um, uh, we've been able to uh, do a lot of great things here. It's definitely been challenging as well. So if you, I will stop to see if you have any questions before I can kind of talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I just I don't want to keep you for too long or anything. But um, a few questions I had was, the first one was, what would you say is the best part of the job of being state auditor? I get to meet so many people and I get to see so much of Indiana that I didn't even know existed. Um, so part of, my, part of our job in our office is with the local government distribution portion, we get to have a relationship with a lot of um, county treasurers and county auditors. And so we get to travel around and kind of see the new ones and see, you know, just how they're doing. And in the meantime, I get to see parts of Indiana that I've never seen before. And it's just so beautiful. And I love the people and everybody's just works so hard and they're trying and um, it gives me energy. I, I would say that's the best part. Um, and some of the other pieces are just finding easy wins within the office. Like we came in and we were able to increase transparency, speed up payments. Um, we created an internal control department. Internal controls just make sure if you say there's five things, there's five things. I mean, it's just different things that you can do to ensure your reports are accurate and you try to mitigate fraud. And so that's it. That's been fun as well. Absolutely. And um, another question I just wondered was, of course, it's election season. Uh, some people may or may not know how close people are with politics that not only is this a midterm election, but all three of our, well, three of our offices are open, Secretary of State, State Auditor, and State Treasurer. Um, how can people get involved in your campaign if they want? Of course, the delegate fine, the delegate deadline ended today. For most counties, it got delayed today because of the snow. But how can people get involved with your campaign? 
Interesting. So I didn't even know about the delay. Um, Most counties. So a lot of delegates like uh, Hancock County, you had until eight to noon today instead of on Friday. Okay. Okay. Well, so in Indiana, um, the office of attorney general and lieutenant governor and secretary of state, auditor of state and treasurer of state are all elected at your party's convention. And so um, and in, in this season, this year, it's just the Secretary of State, Auditor of State, and Treasurer of State. And so each party will meet, um, um, meet in June, and they'll select their candidate to be on the ballot in November at the general election. Um, it's a super fun process. If you've never done it before, um, then it's probably too late to apply to be a delegate now. However, um, if you are in a county that ends up having vacancies, you can always go to your county chair of the party that you are with and ask if there are any vacancies that you can fill the slot, because then you get to participate in the convention and help vote, um, vote for that. And so since I'm in my office, I'm, I'm basically just going to talk about it in general. Um, since I, I, you know, I don't want to be too partisan <laughs> at, at this point. Um, and where can people find out? Do you have a, I'm sure you have a website where people can find out more. Um, yes, but I am also a cheapskate. So, but I do have a website. Um, it's like terracletz.com, I think, or votearacletz.com. Um, and then also the auditor of state has our, we have a website and um, you can just search state auditor terracletz and you're going to find lots of information. My favorite is the transparency site. We totally revamped that. You can find out what any state employee makes. You can look up any state contract. You can see what assets we have, how many guns we have, how many cars we have. All of it's great. Um, and so anything you want to find out, um, you can try to find out. If you can't find it, you can email our office and we'll help you and maybe ask agencies if we, if we can't find what you're looking for. But I love the open access to state government. It helps build trust. Absolutely. I agree. And um, one other thing I just got to ask is just because this is a curious question. Um, how big is the auditor's office? How many people do you have in total working for it? I'm going to guess it's 60. Wow, that's really good because we have between 50 and 60 working for us at any given time. And we are all in the state house. Um, so, so not across I, the building complex. Then. No, no, we're we're on a couple different floors and kind of spread out. But we are all in the state house. So I'm very wow. fortunate. Mm hmm. Well, that's fantastic. Is there any other advice? Uh, this is the last question I have. Any advice for the next generation of people who want to run for public office? Mm, I would say if you have a desire to get involved, um, volunteer. Um, you know, if you feel like you're led in politics, then volunteer in politics, because that is going to lead to some opportunities. At the same time, that was not my path. Um, I ended up choosing a different path and I ended up here anyway. So there are lots of different paths. I would just say, whatever you're doing now, do well. If that's school, that's school. If that's a job, it's a job. And if it's college, it's college. And I think people notice if you do a good job and you'll have a lot of opportunities. And so that's the advice I would give for the young kids. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Jacob Beer Show today. I'm sure I'll see you around, Jacob. <laughs> On the Jacob Beer Show today, I am so happy to be joined by Pete Seat, who is running for state treasurer, which will be decided for our party's nomination in June. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jacob. Thank you for having me. It's so good to have you on the Jacob Beer Show today. 
I've been wanting to have you on for a while and it finally works on both of our ends. So I'm pumped and excited for uh, our time that we're going to be spending together on the Jacob Beer show today. Yeah, and I appreciate it. And let me just say too, uh, kind of uh, here at the outset, uh, how awesome it is that you do this. You know, it's you. not it's not easy to schedule all these interviews and package them together and get them out. And, you know, just the discipline and consistency that you have shown in doing this, uh, I, I think is, is truly admirable. And uh, and I hope you keep plugging away. Absolutely. Well, thank you um, for the nice comments. So my first question really isn't a question, but for a guest who might not know who you are yet, um, of course, a year ago, you were going to speak at New Palestine High School, and some of my friends wouldn't know who you are then, but it got canceled with COVID, and we're still wearing masks and all that. But my first question, which isn't really a question, is what are some facts, some fun facts about you? Well, uh, I'm Serbian Orthodox. My mom came from what was then Yugoslavia when she was 20, my dad from England when he was four, um, but they are both uh, Serbian Orthodox Christian, um, but similar to, you know, Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox. And so that means we celebrate Christmas on January 7th because of the calendar that we use in the church, which is awesome because it's an extra day off school. And most Christmas decorations and gifts are half price. So it really works out well for us. Uh, the second thing I throw out is I go to one World Series game every year. I've been to one in the past 16 years from 2006 through the most recent season. And assuming they play baseball this season, uh, I intend to go again. And I guess the, the third one is maybe a cop out, but my name does in fact rhyme. PC is actually my, it's not a stage name. That's my name. It really is his name. <laughs> um. So, of course, and then you've also written a book before. Uh, so if you want to check out The War on Millennials, and you might be confused on millennials' ways of thinking, make sure you go on Amazon and check out that book. But the main reason why I have you on today, of course, is because you're running for public office, not just any public office, but a very important job that some people don't always think about. What office is that? Well, I'm running for Indiana State Treasurer, and and you, you set it up perfectly. You know, it is an under the radar job. Not a lot of Hoosiers are paying attention to it, but for families that have a college choice 529 account for you know one of their children or grandchildren, uh, or sorry, I should say grandparents who maybe contribute to one for their grandchildren, you know, the state treasurer's office oversees and administers that plan. Um, the 911 program, the uh, statewide 911 board is chaired by the state treasurer. So the state treasurer plays a role in public safety. You know, it is it touches so many different facets of life every day, uh, whether our fellow Hoosiers realize it or not. Absolutely. And um, what would you say was the decision and, and you wanted to run for treasurer? Of course, you've been in politics for a while on and off with uh, being in the private sector and the public sector. You had some experience. Uh, with young Republicans, what was what what really got you, I guess, involved in politics for one, and then made you want to run for state treasurer? Well, I'll touch on the involvement part first. And you know, when I really started to crystallize my thinking on where I stood on the issues was my senior year of high school. It was the 2000 presidential election between George W. Bush and Al Gore, and I played or paid really close attention 
to that campaign. And that's what uh, encouraged me and inspired me really to get involved. The, the next fall, the fall of 2001, was my freshman year of college at the University of Arizona. And the first Saturday I was there, before I even went to a college class, I was knocking on doors for city council candidates for two Republicans running for city council in Tucson, Arizona. I had never met these people before. I didn't know anything about them, uh, but I was there with the college Republicans helping knock on doors. And that involvement continued all throughout my four years of college, uh, leading me to uh, run or lead our uh, chapter there at the University of Arizona as president of the chapter. And then uh, my senior year of college, I was state chairman of the Arizona College Republicans, so all across the state. But this uh, particular campaign for office really comes down to, to three things. You know, I know candidates are asked, you know, why are you running? And it's usually just, you know, this three word pithy, whatever, I want to make change. But um, I guess I'm a communications guy, I should probably have a pithier response, but my, my response is in three parts. And one, you know, more broadly, why run for office now? It's because I believe so strongly and so passionately that individuals who are part of what I call the now generation should be filling out the application that's uh, filling out a form to run for office, filing to run, go through the interview process, which is campaigning, going around the state and talking to uh, fellow Hoosiers and just say, hey, we are ready to be a part of the decision-making process. We want a seat at the table. We don't want to be on the sidelines because the decisions that are being made today affect not just today and tomorrow, but they're affecting 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road. You know, a lot of people call, I'm 38 years old. A lot of people say we're the next generation, but there's nothing next about us. We are the now generation. And particularly when you're thinking about a job, you know, the chief investment officer it's all about making smart decisions today. Some that may not be um, uh, painless, you know, when you're setting aside money today that you'd rather spend today, but you're doing it to make sure you ensure a better tomorrow. The second reason, you know, I mentioned chief investment officer. That's what the job is in statute is the chief investment officer. But in practice, in reality, it's the chief investment educator, the chief investment advocate, the chief investment champion. The state treasurer oversees so many incredible programs through a diversified portfolio of responsibilities, programs that, you know, it's not just investing taxpayer dollars so we get that great return and can keep taxes low and, and keep Indiana the fiscal envy of the nation, but it's encouraging Hoosiers to invest in those 529 plans and encouraging Hoosiers and empowering them to take advantage of able, the ABLE program for disabled Hoosiers and new education scholarship accounts um, that, uh, that the legislature most recently passed. And the final reason is because this office, I mentioned, you know, it's under the radar for a lot of people, but it is on the front lines of protecting and preserving freedom, prosperity, safety, and capitalism each and every day, financial freedom, economic prosperity, public safety, and free market capitalism values and ideals that I know I hold close to my heart. I know a lot of Republicans, if not all Republicans, hold close to their hearts as well. And the state treasurer is on the front lines fighting for those values and ideals 
each and every single day. Absolutely. And what would you say um, was the deciding factor in you deciding to run for state treasurer? Um, of course, we talked a little bit about what the office is and, and what a uh, five to nine plan is for college. What was really the deciding factor behind it? You know, I've always viewed politics, which uh, you mentioned I was have been politically active since college uh, almost every day, whether as my actual day-to-day job working on a campaign or working in the White House, uh, my first job out of college, actually, uh, or just being involved in a volunteer capacity when, I, when I've been in the private sector as I am now. But I've always viewed politics as a gateway to public service. And, you know, the, the, the best way to ensure a stronger, better, brighter future is to be a part of that process, to be at the table and helping to make those decisions. And I particularly believe at this moment in time, it's not just about making sure members of the now generation are at that table, but making sure that conservative Republican members of the now generation are at that table. You know, there's there's a, a narrative out there, a perception out there that young people are all liberal, progressive Democrats, and that is absolutely not the case. So we, folks like myself and folks uh, like you, need to stand up and need to vocalize where we are and need to say, we're ready. We're ready to serve. And that's what uh, propelled me um, broadly into the race. But, But specifically, you know, I just firmly believe that this is such an important office, maybe one of the, uh, not maybe, definitely one of the most important offices uh, in state government. And it's not one, I don't believe for for a dispassionate money manager, but for someone who has a true passion for this office and wants to work every day to empower Hoosiers to invest in their futures. I absolutely agree with you. And a big thing is, is that you know, we got three big offices up this year besides U.S. Senate and uh, Congress is we got state auditors, secretary of state and state treasurer. And those are offices that oftentimes we forget about. And we just vote straight down ticket Republican in November. And we forget about, you know, running for delegate or something like that. Um, but my next question is, where do you see the state of Indiana going revenue wise uh, or with the plans if you become if you are elected the next state treasurer? Well, we already are the fiscal envy of the nation, and that's because we are smart with taxpayer dollars. We don't spend more than we take in. Uh, you know, Mitch Daniels, now the, the president of Purdue, you know, has been able to freeze tuition at Purdue University for years and years and years now. And, you know, he was asked what the secret formula is, and he said, spend less than you bring in. It's, it's not that difficult, um, but there are a lot of states that wish they could be Indiana. And a big piece of that is making wise conservative investments of taxpayer dollars. You know, the state treasurer on a daily basis oversees the investments, manages the investments of eight to $9 billion. And we're not talking about, you know, investing in, you know, meme stocks and and other things that are volatile. We're talking about wise conservative investments that minimize risk and then maximize the potential for return. 
the job is not to lose taxpayer money, but to grow taxpayer money. And, you know, Kelly Mitchell, the incumbent, has done an incredible job, has left, uh, led the office uh, to some really, really um, great places over the last several years on that front. And I foresee that that will continue to be the case, um, that we will continue to be the fiscal envy of the nation, and we will be able to weather whatever storms come our way, just like we were able to weather um, the, the pandemic and the downturn in the economy. Other states did not fare as well as Indiana did. And it's because we saved money, because we had those reserves that, uh, that we were able to do that. And you look at our revenue reports now, it's, it's, it's historic how much uh, the state now has. And you know, we're, we're having conversations um, about potentially cutting taxes as opposed to raising taxes. That's a conversation that states other than Indiana are not having. Absolutely. And what would you say um, for people who are listening to this interview or who will be once it's published, um, people who might be delegates, what would you say to them are three or two or three reasons why they should uh, vote for you at the convention or if you're not going to be a delegate in the general election, which some kids in my grade will have the chance to vote in the midterms, why should they vote for you over somebody else for the job? Two or three reasons. Yeah, so I, I've outlined uh, several of those uh, already. I, again, passionately believe that members of the now generation, uh, that it's our time to step up and, and be at the table making these decisions. You know, we have um, several what would have been called millennial mayors. Uh, we have several millennial members of the state legislature, but we don't have anyone in statewide office who represents that generation and that constant focus on the future uh, of the state of Indiana. Um, I would also, you know, point out just some really incredible um, eye-opening and I'd say life-changing experiences that I've had in the last couple of years, you know, traveling to the Turkish-Syrian border where I uh, visited a refugee camp, predominantly of Syrian refugees who left their home country because they feared for their lives. You know, they don't have the peace of mind that we have that if, if something goes wrong, uh, they can call or text 911 and get help. So they live in shipping containers and in tents 20 miles from the border of their home country uh, because they're afraid to be home. And I was in Cuba a couple months after that, seeing the, the, the lines, the food rationing lines where Cubans are getting the chicken, pork, rice, and beans that's given to them by the government once a month. You know, we take for granted, maybe not so much these days because store shelves are a little uh, less than stocked, but you know, take for granted that when we need something, we can just go to the grocery store. These people 90 miles from America are having food rationed to them on a monthly basis. They, they don't know what capitalism is. Absolutely. So close yet so far uh, from the American dream. And then finally, a couple months after that, I was in Bogota, Colombia, and had the chance to uh, interact with, I don't say talk with, because we didn't speak the same language, but someone was there to, to kind of interpret, but interact with some Venezuelan refugees 
who had left Venezuela, once the fourth most prosperous country in the world, and went to Colombia in search of a better life because their economy and their country is collapsing. And they were making and selling purses that they had constructed out of Venezuelan currency. They had taken paper Venezuelan currency, which is worth nothing, and were making purses out of it. Again, prosperity, something that they had and they may never, ever have again. So I keep those experiences very, very close to me as I travel around this state. And it's why I'm so passionate about this particular office, because, you know, how I see this office, my vision for this office is being on the front line of protecting and preserving uh, freedom and prosperity and safety and capitalism. Absolutely. And the last question really isn't a question, but where can people learn more about you if they want to know more? Uh, I know there's a campaign website. Where can people go to learn more about you? Sure. You can visit PeteSeat.com. It's P-E-T-E-S-E-A-T.com. Uh, you can also follow the campaign on Facebook. Uh, that is Facebook.com slash People for Pete Seat. Yes. And um, thank you very much for coming on Jacob Beer show today. You are a wonderful candidate for state treasurer, and I wish you all the best. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? Well, I already said it at the beginning, but thank you for the compliment too. Uh, but I will just reiterate, I think it's so awesome that you do this. Keep it up. Um, you know, I, 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 I admire you, um, love seeing you out on the road at, at all the various events and love tuning into the podcast when I can. Congrats. Thank you.